0: So today, message is entitled, System of Death and Life. And this is uh, very important for us to really get right because um, a lot of times we find ourselves at very critical junctures in our lives where based on how we go through it, the process determines the answers that we receive, right? So in our intro here today, we all kind of come to critical points, whether it's starting a new semester, whether it's starting something new, new job, um, or (laughs) it could be due to problems, crises that take place in our lives, concerns that we happen to have, where we have to make a choice, right? Do I take a left? Do I hang a right? Do I make a U-turn? All the above, like, what am I supposed to do? And a lot of times when we come to these type of decisions or times where we feel like, oh, no, what do I do? We end up pursuing things in a way that is very detrimental to ourselves. Um, We end up pursuing lofty goals that are unattainable or we make goals for us that it's just really difficult to achieve because we don't know the in-betweens. We, we know where we want to go, and we know where we are, but we don't know the in-between steps to get there. And a lot of times, people fall into what we call a system of death, right? Where it all stems from this fundamental problem that the Bible talks about, where so many people today are separated from God, stuck in sin, and under the authority of Satan. And it's not that because, you know, people want to fall into this, that they, uh, you know, want want to follow this type of system. But those who end up following the system ends up following these characteristics, being very self-centered, being very carnal, meaning just chasing things that pleases the flesh only, or become very success-centered to the point where you will step over anybody to get to your success. Right? And this is what the Bible shows as, you know, characteristics of this fundamental problem. We see this in Genesis three, where Satan tempts Adam and Eve, "Hey, eat of this fruit, and you'll be like God." And they became very focused on themselves, like, "Oh, I like that. <laughs> um, maybe God did lie about this. So then they partake. Did they become gods? No, they did not. In Genesis 6 we see the age of the Nephilim where people killed people to get what they want. And you know sadly it's it's very similar to today in some ways. We're repeating history in a lot of ways. And so many people are very success driven like the tower of babel where we're pursuing to be like God. Gods of our nation, gods of culture. We want to be influencers. We want to be people that can move people to do our bidding, right? Um, not, not quite direct, but, you know, there's something to that. But what God wants is not something that the world gives. What the, what the world gives is temporary. What the world gives has an expiration date, right? Everything on this earth has an expiration date. Even our lives have an expiration date. Even our jobs have an expiration date. There's a thing called retirement, right? Um, There's expiration date on technology. Things just, over time, turns to, you know, just uselessness. (laughs) And what God shows us is not an answer that is just use once and throw away. Because that's what the world gives. They promise big, but they give you very temporary things. Use once, throw away. That's kind of the world's system. And this is a system that eventually kills us from the inside out. But what God desires from us today is to see a system that has continuation. Right? The problem is we limit ourselves to goals. Right? We limit ourselves just to goals to the point where... If this goal doesn't happen, then I'm a failure or, you know, we we just beat ourselves up for not achieving a goal. And even the way we pray becomes like this, too, where we pray these, like, one and done answers. And it's kind of like this graph where we just pursue this target, right? I need this. But once you get this, what happens? You just kind of move on, right? (laughs) You just... Even even with prayer, you say, God, I I really need this, and you get it. Then what? (laughs) Right? It's just like, I guess I just move on with my life, you know? That's not what God wants. Yes, he will bless you. Yes, he will answer your prayers. But if that's all we see, just these one and done answers, right? Then we miss the point. What God wants us to see is something that is continuous, something that helps you keep receiving answers. Where one answer leads to the next. You see, that's what God desires. He doesn't want you to be stuck with one answer. God, I really need this. If you give this, and I'll serve you. That's not what Christianity is. This is not what the gospel is. But we... Sure, make it like that, <laughs> and a lot of people mistakenly believe that that's what Christianity is all about, but it's not there are very specific things that God wants us to be able to understand, and for us to see a system where we can come alive, we need to look at what we're holding on to what determines our behavior what determines how we see the world is based and how we can actually Develop this system to continue is by looking at our worldview. What is your worldview, right? This is not something to uh, kind of be vague about. Because if you're vague about this, you can't confirm anything then, right? If you're on the fence about a lot of things to the point where you can't confirm either this or that, that's the worst place to be, because you live in a world where everything is very vague, very undefined, and people that are stuck in that gets controlled by the world. Whatever is popular, whatever is in, you just happen to just jump on board because because no one because if you don't have an opinion, if you don't have a worldview, not opinion, sorry, if you don't have a worldview, then somebody else will sh- shift and will mold your worldview then. And this is what is so important for us to understand. As a Christian, what are we holding on to? If we don't know this gospel, then what is your worldview then, right? And this is what's so important. We lose out on so much because we miss out on what we actually believe in. And we have to understand what the gospel actually is. And in the book of Acts, the first chapter, verses 1, 3, and 8, we can kind of see a nice summary of what the early church held on to. They held on to Christ. And Christ isn't just like, oh, he just died on the cross for us and and then, you know, he forgave our sins and he resurrected and then ascended. Yes, but it's so much more than that because what Christ means is anointed one. And there's three positions that he fulfilled, which is prophet, priest, and king. Prophet was one who made the way where there was no way to meet God. When the Israelites went the wrong way, the prophet said, hey, this is the way to God. Jesus didn't come as a prophet. He came as the fulfillment of that role. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, John fourteen six, And he gives us, The blessing of him being the priest, one who has washed away our sins. And he is the king who has conquered Satan. You see, this is what he desires for us to enjoy in Christ. And then we can enjoy the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is what? Is it castles? Is it (laughs) horses? When we hear kingdom, like those are things that come to our mind, but the kingdom of God is more than that. We see Jesus' ministry here on earth. He went to the people that were rejected. He went to the sinners, and he ate with them, and he shared the gospel. He shared the covenant with them. People that, to other people's eyes, the religious people's eyes, were not worthy. To those people, Jesus went to and shared good news. This is the works of the kingdom of God. And for 40 days after Jesus resurrected, for 40 days he taught the disciples, the resurrected Jesus taught the disciples for 40 days about the things concerning the kingdom of God. And in those 40 days, they received content to start praying. And then they saw works that only God could do through the Holy Spirit. You see, our worldview determines our system and the will to continue. If there is no solid worldview, there is no way to find a way. (laughs) There is no way to find the path to get to where you need to go. Once again, the worst place to be is to be stuck in ambiguity, right? Neither this, neither that. Eh, Because then the world or whoever is the most popular will be the one to determine that worldview for you. That's just how it is. If we don't have a worldview, somebody else will make it for you. And a lot of times, or like 100% of the time, it's not good um, because it's very centered on what we talked about in the first point where it's very self-centered, very carnal, and very, success-driven to the point of stepping on other people to get what you want. And this is where so many people are stuck in. They're stuck in ambiguity. They're stuck in neither this, neither that. They don't know what they believe in. Or a lot of people have a big problem trusting in what God has to say. But if we never confirm it, if we never see it through, then how can we determine what God said is true, right? And this is how our worldview starts to form. And when we start to understand our worldview, then we can start working on the the small things to start changing and shifting things where we can start building the system towards life. And it really begins with prayer. But a prayer, not just any prayer like, Dear God, thank you amen, (laughs) but a prayer that actually enjoys your identity and the authority that Christ has given you. And this identity and authority is so important to to really set this system towards life, to establish this system towards life. Because when we look at today's passage, we see all kinds of people gathered together to pray. It says that there is Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. So amongst these people, there are definitely fishermen. We, we, we saw that last week as well. There's a tax collector in Matthew, and there's a zealot. <laughs> uh, a zealot is not an occupation, but it's like a political stance. It was people that were standing against the Roman empire they were almost uh, equated to almost like terrorists <laughs> in some ways uh, political terrorists and one of the G- jesus's disciples used to be that background and has now become a disciple of jesus all these backgrounds you would you would suspect that there would be some conflict or some things that you're like eh, i don't think we meet eye to eye <laughs> But because they knew their identity and authority in Christ, that didn't matter. The things that needed to be let go, they were let go. Not by their own strength, but once again by the Holy Spirit. So they gathered together, holding to the word of God. Not just as a suggestion, but as absolute truth because then they were able to determine, they were able to confirm right, whether God's word is true. And this is something that we have to start building towards, where we're building a system of prayer to see God's word actually take place in our lives. Because as the early church did that, In chapter 2, we see the day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit comes down in power. People are speaking in different languages, hearing the gospel being spoken in 15 different languages because people from 15 different nations, the the Jews that were scattered, they they came back to celebrate Pentecost, which was a feast that the Jews celebrated. And it was here that we see the works of the Holy Spirit take place. And people were hearing the gospel. People were coming to faith. 3,000 people that day became disciples of Jesus Christ. Did this happen because they were praying really hard? No. <laughs> this happened because it was part of God's time schedule for the world. But those who prayed, they were able to receive God's blessing for that time schedule. They were on board to see God's plan being displayed. I tell a lot of uh, students, a lot of uh, people in college, because I do uh, college ministry uh, in different places, including Penn State. <sighs> Penn State is a long drive, and then also Johns Hopkins and a um, couple uh, GMU, George Mason, and. When I talk to students, I tell them, look, you're only here in this campus for four years. And in those four years, there's something that God is trying to show you because this time you will never get back. This time that you have here is just once in your lifetime, unless you're a professor or something, (laughs) then you can come back and work here. But the time that you have here is only once. You won't get these years back. You won't get these semesters back. And hopefully you don't have to go back to school. Discover what God is trying to show you in this time schedule. And it's when we pray that we're able to receive those answers. Even when you become a parent for the first time, there are things that God wants you to see in each part of your life child's development you don't have it could be your second child third child as well there's answers that you can only receive when your child is a like a newborn and you won't receive those answers ever again because they they don't shrink back sometimes we do as parents want our child to go back to a baby (laughs) but those answers you can only receive once When your child is a toddler, yes, it can be so difficult, (laughs) but you receive those answers only once, and if you are able to see what God is trying to show you in that time, you know, that time becomes so precious, but if not, it becomes just a pain. (laughs) It's just like, oh, you know, (laughs) you are so difficult, (laughs) and that's all you remember, but there's a blessing that God wants you to see in each time schedule. Even through problems, there is something that God wants you and needs you to see. Because there's no way you can see it in the same perspective. Even problems, even when you're in disaster or crisis, sometimes it's in that mindset that you can only see certain things a certain way. But when we line our hearts with God's word, and pray we're able to catch what that answer is and pray to God that it never happens again <laughs> so that you can just move on with your life and go to the next part. But that's what's important. If we don't get it, sometimes things just happen to repeat over and over again till we get it or things just, you know, remain as is because if not... By God's strength, we can't do it with our own strength. That's why the day of Pentecost is so important. What took place afterwards? They had the system of life by praying onto what was given to them, which was Christ, the kingdom of God, which was taught for 40 days. With that content, they prayed. And they saw the works of the Holy Spirit take place. This is the system that the early church held onto. Very simple. It wasn't anything complicated. It wasn't like go through 14 weeks of theology class and then, and then you can start receiving answers. No, it's very simple. Came back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Came back to the mission about the kingdom of God, carrying out life movement. And it's not going to be by your strength. It's going to be by the power of the Holy Spirit because you're not made to do life alone. So our conclusion here today is this. We need to establish a system of prayer that you can do. That's what's so important. We sometimes make goals that are too lofty to the point where I'm not going to pray for like even five minutes. You know, I'm not going to even pray for a minute. Do something that you can do. If you already have a system of prayer, by all means, continue that. But don't just pray anything at the same time. Pray by starting with the word that you received today. Make today's message a prayer topic and confirm it. See it through. See what God shows you and see how God leads you to the next step, to the next step. Because then you start to recognize God's fingerprint on certain things to be like, this is what I'm supposed to receive in this time schedule. Even today, this Sunday, you're not going to get this Sunday back. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, This Sunday is very unique, right? Right? And there's something in this time schedule that God wants you to get that you won't get any other Sunday. The thing is, if we don't have that mindset, it's just another Sunday. It's just another Pastor Dan standing up here. (laughs) And that's it. You just kind of move on and we miss out on the answers that God is trying to show you today. So have this mindset to establish a system of prayer. It could just be like, before I sleep, I'm going to make that time to pray. Not the you know, same things that I've been praying, but let me pray what I received today for Sunday, and then pray what you normally pray. And you start to see that God starts to guide your prayer, and the way you pray for people starts to change little by little as you do so. If you don't pray at all, Start. <laughs> start even with one sentence. Really. That's the, if, if, it, if your condition for praying is not great, that's fine. Start with a sentence. Start somewhere. If your condition is great, then by all means, make that time. Grow that time so that you can start praying. And change your mindset. Don't try to pray but be someone that prays, okay? That's so important for us to have where we need to identify ourselves as someone that prays because then we start to think, how, then how, what should I do as a, a person that prays? It, it's a total different mindset than ah, I'm gonna try to pray today. When that's our mindset, we normally don't pray. <laughs> but if we are someone that prays, then yeah, how can I accomplish this today, you know? And that becomes so important for us to be able to see. And what we have to start seeing through our church members is this pattern, right? Of 24 hours. When our 24 hours is led by Christ, right, Mm -hmm. holding on to his word, then we see power beyond our 24-hour time frame, right? This is the works of God. And what God gives us are answers that are eternal, meaning that, what we give is not just a one-and-done answer, but it's an answer that continues all the way into eternity. Like, these are blessings that go from generation to generation. These are blessings that go beyond our lives. This is answers that, yes, blesses you, but blesses beyond you. And this is what we have to really pursue. Because the world right now is is not not in the best condition and we hear news of shootings and we hear news of just bad just a lot of bad news and it can be very scary right but we have nothing to fear when we have a direction towards life there are actions that god will give you the wisdom to do for that purpose for that very purpose And he will give you the strength to do so. It's not something to do on your own. But as we align our lives with God's time schedule, he gives us the grace to do so.